I'm Adriana, and this is Rebel with a Cause, a podcast where I bring the cultural diversity to your space through individuality and rebel moves. Tune in to hear stories, discussions, and bites from people fueled by passion, originality, and those famous rebel moves. Good morning and welcome everyone to my next episode of Rebel with a Cause. This episode, I have been trying to get this gentleman for weeks. He's been playing hide and seek with me, but I'm really glad I have him on. We first met in March 2016 at, I think it was a festival or a conference uh, organized locally in Northern Ireland. I believe it was Body, Mind and Soul, something like that. And we met through some other projects, but that was the first one we met face-to-face, and he landed up the next day at my house, which was absolutely surreal. And I remember, uh, this is a funny story, whenever uh, this gentleman was leaving my house, there was a rock on my, there was a massive rock from the north coast I got a couple of weeks before that, sitting on my mantelpiece on on my fireplace. And he's like, oh, I love that. And he grabbed that rock, popped it in his backpack, and away he went. And I haven't seen him since until a couple of years ago. So this, (laughs) that's so funny. So this gentleman is a fabulous, inspirational speaker. Uh, He he wrote 17 books. I believe number 18 just came out. It's called The Inspirator, which I recommend. It's a fabulous book. And his name is Pete Cohen. Pete, welcome on, on this episode. And you are just a perfect candidate because you are a rebel with a cause. Thank you very much. You know, I don't actually, I remember being at your house. I don't remember stealing anything, but there you go. I must have been <laughs> in another world. But actually, um, you know what? When I came to your house, the, the, the thing that I enjoyed the most was actually meeting your mum, Because, uh, you know, <laughs> I know your background a little bit, you know, where you came from and what it must yeah. have taken to go from where you were to to living in this country and coming here and not speaking English and the lengths that your mum went to to create the life for you and your sister, right? Is that no, right? no, I, I, no, 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 I have a younger brother. Oh, younger brother, that's right. And um, yeah, you know, to be rebellious, to move out of a, a, a system and, and, and move to another country, you know, I, I believe that there's a, a rebel in all of us. And I suppose I could start off by being, you know, fairly, not controversial, but I suppose you know, rebels are controversial. Um, I, my surname is, is Cohen and Cohen is a, a very Jewish name, but, um, uh, Cohen actually isn't my real name with my great grandfather came to England from Lithuania in 1890. He got off the boat and they said, what's your name? And he said, Curran, they wrote down Cohen. So I'm not really a Cohen, but, um, I went to a Catholic school, which is, a pretty interesting, a Jew going to a Catholic school and learned about the Old Testament because of being a Jew and then learning about the New Testament from being a Catholic school. Um, but the reason I tell you this story is when I got older, um, I had a coach. I, in 1999, I started working with him for, for 16 years. And I never forget, he, tell, he said to me once, he goes, you're a lot like Jesus Christ. And I went, what? He goes, well, what do you know about Jesus? I said, um, well, a little bit because obviously, you know, I went to a, a, a Catholic school and he went, you're like Jesus because you're a rebel. And he said, he said to me, Jesus was the ultimate rebel. He was in a system that he just felt wasn't for him. And he 
disappeared and you know went into the story is he went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights and he found himself and he rebelled against something and he, you know he was the ultimate rebel i suppose so i don't know why i just told you that story but yes i am 100% a rebel you are and i have always you know since since we first met in 2016 you know i have always looked at you <clears throat> excuse me as my coach even as remotely i have been following your journey and i you know i've been listening to your podcast and and while i did some of your webinars for mi365 which has certainly and significantly changed my life you know because you helped me with not just my mental strength my willpower energy but confidence and this ability to dig deep this ability that you have and i absolutely adore is to connect with people yeah, and, and go on carry on sorry no you're all right um so have you wh when did you find out that you had this amazing ability to to connect with people well first off you know thank you first off i didn't realize that i'd stole a rock from your house and secondly i didn't realize <laughs> the impact that uh, you know, I've had on your life. It's just, you know, I'm not sure exactly what a humanitarian is, but I suppose I'm just someone who believes in human beings and what they're capable of. And when I meet someone like you, uh, just like everybody, you, you know that people who have been through stuff and you know people have had a traumatic life. Everyone's, well, most people have had a, but it depends how you categorize trauma. You know, some parts of the world, uh, and some situations are more traumatic than others, but growing up definitely wasn't easy. And when I meet someone like you and I listen to you, I don't relate to your, I listen to people's problems and worries and doubts. And sometimes I feel sympathetic to them, but what I relate to is the greatness that is in human beings. And that might sound cheesy or, but I just know someone like you is powerful, is strong and really cares. You know, you're someone who's, you really care about everyone and want to make a difference. So I just, I get empowered by you and I get empowered by what I think you're, what I think you might be possible, what you could do and how I could help you to believe in yourself more. So, you know, I, I pretty much do that with everyone and it annoys some people, but I just think there's, you know, there's so much more to people. And I suppose one other thing I'll add to that is many people have heard of Abraham Maslow, who's a humanistic psychologist and you know, he had this hierarchy of needs and the base of all needs is food and, you know, and shelter. We, we all need that. And then we need a sense of belonging. We need purpose. But at the, the top is what he calls being self-actualized. And what he meant by that is man's need to get better, man's need to make a difference. And I just think, I think everyone has that, but I think most people need help because human beings aren't very good on their own. We all need each other, right? I mean, that, that's how I look at it. I might be wrong. I don't, what, what's your opinion about that? No, absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, we do have to help each other. And I believe, you know, if you find your tribe and you find mm. like-minded people, you surround yourself with those because they will help you. They will elevate you and help you with your mindset. That's so interesting, so, isn't it, about your tribe? Because, um, you know, being in Northern Ireland, I'd never... I, I didn't really know Northern Ireland very well, but I had the opportunity to travel around there. And then we talk about tribes. It must be still one of the most, I don't know, tribalistic 
places where there this is my tribe you know and and you don't leave that tribe and i really admire people who decide to go well hang on a second let's respect where other people are coming from and and look at the differences and see how we can all come together and of course if people didn't do that well you know the world wouldn't be here anymore right because people just would have war would be and i think that's one of the crazy things about you know the covid situation that i think it's in some strange way it is bringing people together which is which is good absolutely absolutely i agree with you so just so i sort of rewind back into the conversation you know what i was trying to do today is talk about a little about more about your life and you know you as from young age you know i've read your story and i've read some of your books and i loved shut the duck up and, <laughs> and you know <laughs> your life diy and all of those but I believe at a young age, you know, you had your own struggles. You wanted to be an actor, but you were struggling to learn the words. And then, you know, you went through this period of life, you know, when you were undiagnosed, you know, with dyslexia, you know. Can you tell me more about those struggles growing yeah. up? You know, it, again, when, when someone asks me that question, it's like, to me, it seems like no big deal because it's just, you know, you 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 do what you have to do at the time and then i look at some of the challenges that other people face and um i think well wow that's a proper challenge but i suppose everything is is relative right so yeah uh, as a child i i realized quite early on that i wasn't like everybody else i just had problems retaining information and i got confused really easily especially with numbers and words so i was diagnosed with dyslexia uh, didn't like school. In fact, I just hated school. I didn't, I, I just didn't want to be there. And it was like every day was going, like going to, you know, be punished because you just didn't fit into that, to that system. Um, and, um, so I became, you know, pretty insecure. Like there must be something wrong with me because I'm not like everybody else, which is something a lot of people struggle with. And then from a very, fairly early age, I must've been about nine or 10. I noticed that physically one of my testicles was getting bigger than the other, but I felt so insecure about it. I didn't tell anyone about it. I just kind of kept it to myself. So, you know, really what was going on behind the scenes, which is something that fascinates me with everybody, you know, what's it like being you? What's the communication that you have with yourself? What are you saying to yourself and how is that affecting you? For, you know, so for years I was just talking in a way which was producing emotion that was making me feel so bad. And I didn't want to face up to what I was feeling. No one, no one really asked me. Um, and physically, I was feeling awful. <laughs> so this, my testicle got bigger and bigger for about five or six years. I made countless appointments to go to see the doctor, but kept cancelling because I was so embarrassed. But eventually, it just became, you know, so big and so painful in a way in my mind because I would hide my body away. Um, then I went to the doctor and, you know, the doctor immediately examined me and think he actually, I can't remember what he said. He said, I think, you know, I think you've got testicular cancer even before I'd had any type of uh, scan. And I, he called my mum and said to my mum, I think blah, blah, blah. But thankfully, uh, yeah. you know, they just removed the lump and, you know, I'm fine and, and well today, but the scar of, of going through that was there of, you know, I'm not good enough. And, you know, I've spent so much of my life trying to prove that I am good enough and trying to get people to like me and trying to run away from a painful past. Um, but I think that's probably a story that many people kind of recognize and understand that that's why very few people are driven towards a future that they want to create because they can't escape the trauma of their past. 
Absolutely, and 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 for years, I think I have. There's there's a, there's a amount of time in my life. There's years whenever I just drifted through life, being idle, doing nothing, because I was constantly having this battle of my past and not doing good in school and not having a good qualification and not having a degree, and I wore it like a badge, yeah. day in, day out being the victim, going, no, you'll never achieve anything. This is your sad life until I met you. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, because look, I mean, but that, that when you said that, you know, sorry, some just chalk just uh, fell on the, on the floor there. Um, you know, I really appreciate that. And, and, and I hear you, but you're the one who did it, right? I just, you know, I, if I wanted everyone, I mean, that was the thing, you know, you, you kind of, when people start telling me that sort of stuff, I sometimes feel like wrong you know not it's, it's hard to explain it's like look the fact is thank you but you did it and that's I'm so pleased I was able to come into your life and almost shine a, a mirror up to you and say you better wake up because you're fantastic you're amazing the world needs people like you there's nothing wrong with you all that's wrong is the system that you have tried so you, yes I know into. what you mean that I did that but it's you it's it's those conversations and the questions you know you asked me when driving up from that conference you know to my home you asked me some questions when one you shocked the system with asking a very deep question two I had no answer to instantly which made me then ponder and think for about days, I probably haven't even slept that night, you know, because you opened my mind to new possibilities and digging deep into myself, who I am, that then made me make those changes. Well, yeah, I, I, what, do you remember what I said? Because once again, I know, first off, I, I stole a rock. What was the other one I did? I don't know. And I asked you questions that kept you up all night. Um, <laughs> I had a, had a big impact in your life. Um, <laughs> You know, but what, what did I what did I say? What was the question? If you don't mind, uh, you have asked me about if I could be whoever I wanted to be. Who would I be if there was no limits? If I could just start from mm. zero, then you asked me. I know you asked me about my past. Those are, you know, it's not something I will sort of delve into too much, you know, the questions about the trauma, you know, and we talked about. It's more sort of uncovering the things that, that were weighing me down at the time. And <clears throat> and you shared your own story that probably helped me open up, you know, that the struggles you went through, you know, and, and I always loved, you always joke about not having hair, you know, and, you know, it's, you know just making yourself really open and human by sort of uncovering your or your own shortcomings that yeah. may open up to you. Yes. I was never good with being vulnerable at all. And you but, made me vulnerable. Yeah, well that's that thing. Isn't it? It's about it's about protection, I think, a lot of the time. We just don't want to show, but that it's it's it is a, a challenge and I don't know I don't I'm not sure exactly why that is. I d I don't know. I think maybe for a lot of people, it's because they just don't want to show that they're weak. And that's one of the things that I really struggle working with in the corporate world is that 
people won't admit their weaknesses. They don't want to show their colleagues or their peers, you know, that they they have insecurities, imperfections. But ultimately, that that's what kind of makes us human, I suppose. The fact that we're not perfect, you know, we don't live forever. I think the question I asked you was something like, if you could do anything uh, in in the world that you would pay for the privilege of doing, yeah, what would you do? Yeah, um, and you know, when I came to, you know, the company that you work with and I saw what you were doing and the effort that you put in to the whole thing, you and your team, it was like, wow, you really are a powerful individual and you need to see what you have because for you, it's about others, you know, and if your life is about others and you care for others, you can get hurt because people won't always behave in the way you would behave. And that's a tough lesson. And a lot of my work at the moment something I'm fascinated in is about post-traumatic growth as opposed to people who have been labeled post-traumatic stress and they've been given that label and then they think they're going to have that for the rest of their life. Whereas, and let me give you an, an analogy which I heard the other day, which has blown my mind. And um, it was in a book and the author was explaining how, imagine you went into a room and there's this beautiful vase and you're not sure if you did something that kind of knocked it when you came in and this thing just fell and smashed all over the floor. And you're looking at it and go, oh, oh no, what, look at, what, what do I, and you don't know what to do. And you think, well, do I put it back together again? You know, I, I suppose I could, but it was going to be so difficult because there's bits everywhere and, uh, you know, I'm going to need glue and it might not work and it could be such a vulnerable thing to do, right? And the author was saying, well, that's us. You know, we, we've all been smashed and don't try and put yourself back together again. Use the bits that you have to create something new. You know, and that's, you know, that's what everyone in many people in Ireland are trying to do, right? As a, as a, as a, as a, as a country, it's like, well, or, and, and that's what many individuals are trying to do around the world. Let's, let's try and put ourselves back together and work with what we've had. Let's, and that's a hard thing, isn't it? To forget about the past as if the past doesn't matter. But I suppose yeah. the most important thing is, I think is where are we going? You know, especially with what's going on in the world right now. I mean, there's never been time like like what's going on now. It's it's crazy. It's it is, and and hu- humanity and the world, I think, are going through you know a massive reset at the minute. We are learning new things about ourselves. We are learning new habits. We have we are locked up with ourselves. We have all the time to analyze who we are, what we do, and how we do. And it's the best time to probably learn new things and put new good habits into place. I think it's a time for, I wrote this down this morning about all of these words beginning with R, you know, oh, sorry, R-E, in terms of reevaluate, reposition, rethink, reformat, reposition, reshape, uh, reassess what's what your life is about and what's really important because I suppose the bottom line is we will all come through this, but from an economic point of view, that is one aspect of the world, which is, you know, with British Airways laying off 12,000 people, I heard yesterday that the Marriott group looks like they're going to go under. It's like, well, these are huge, huge organizations. And it's like the world is going to change and we are going to have to change with it. Otherwise we're going to kind of be in a place where life is going to be much more difficult than it needs to be. Who knows? We might have to go back to hunting and gathering again. We might have to go back to all of us having allotments and growing our own fruits and vegetables. And if that's the case, you know, I don't know about you. I'm ready for it. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I could handle that. 
I think I could handle most things and even death. I mean, um, there's a guy I'm fascinated by, and I'm going to be talking about him next week, uh, Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. And, you know, he, when his plane went down and he knew he had 30 seconds between 30 seconds of freedom before being captured and being a prisoner of war, he thought he said it would be for five years. It was actually seven. And he said something really ironic that he read about death. He said, well, death, is not as bad as everyone thinks it is because there's always something after death. And that even means yours. If you die, well, life still carries on, doesn't it? So when I read that, I thought, oh my, (laughs) it's like death isn't as bad as everyone thinks it is. It's because, because life has to go on. Um, Yeah. Very philosophical though, right? Very, yeah. <laughs> I, it's 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 fine. I I I've always enjoy you know these philosophical you know your little broadcast you know and podcast episodes and everything because you were always you know a deep person who thinks and ponders and and wants to understand you know how other people think and I think this is the perfect time for all of us you know not yourself and myself and all of these people who are out there help others. Yeah, and I I think. One of the things which would be great to share with your audience is to uh, is to understand that we we are all more than what we think. So, you know, we think a lot, but it's what our thoughts do. You know, our, <clears throat> our thoughts produce feelings, and the, and the feelings are felt in our body. So, if you have a thought like "I'm not good enough," "I'm going to lose my job," "It's not going to work," those thoughts produce feelings in our body, which then basically tell your brain that you were right for having that thought and then you feel the feeling more and then all of a sudden it's hard to get out of that emotion and if people can learn to think greater than they feel then which I think we all can do I'm not saying that is easy but if we can do that then we put ourselves into a position of of strength um but that has to be sorry carry on no I believe I believe that exactly what happened to me when we first went in to working from home. Yeah. The first four weeks, you know, as I explained earlier, I went into this, probably it was all the stress and what you were talking about there that I was started having these thoughts of my God, you know, I'm going to lose my job. The world will not need me anymore. You know, there's no events happening. There's no people to work with. And I was, I started having these thoughts. I was having these feelings. I think, they manifested in these very, very strong migraines that I had for four weeks solid until I said, right, this is it. I'm just going to introduce a new routine to my life. I need to reinvent myself and I need to look for things into the future, what I can do if if I have to sort of either find a new job or create myself a new job. So I am trying to reinvent myself now so I'm more future proof yeah and that's what future-proof, the pandemic okay. caused yeah uh, that's nice and it's that kind of i will deal with whatever comes and that again is another area where i'm really fascinated with right now which is beyond resilience you know resilience is obviously important but there's i think there's always an there's another level where maybe you become a little bit like james stockdale where you know nothing breaks you you know you're almost unbreakable um and I know we can often be like that when it comes that protecting other people, but I don't think we're brought up to think that way. We're, we're almost brought up to 
think too much and fit, try and fit in too much rather than learning to be comfortable and strong in our own bodies. But, but it can be done. It just, it's work. It's not easy. No one can do that for you. And I think we live in a world right now where a lot of people just don't feel like doing things. So they don't. There's no necessity and until something like COVID comes along and then all of a sudden for some people there's then becomes a necessity to to act and do things differently. And some people will just sit back and, and accept it and go into a victim mode and some people will go, right, this is the time today and future-proof yourself and, and just think differently and, and try and be creative and, and make the worst possible scenario turn it into the best possible scenario and i believe everything happens for a reason so well you see yeah, that, I, that, that, that that's such an interesting thing because even if people don't believe it you could still decide that i'm going to take reason from this i'm going to get better from this and that means you can't do that in victim mode as, as you say and being a victim is a very easy thing to do because it's just it's just too easy you know to think about what's wrong what's missing i'm not good enough i haven't got this i haven't got that well no you've still got a life uh, it's still yours you know what do you want to do with it who do you want to become what legacy do you want to leave behind that's one of the questions i love you know you know what what difference what difference do you want to make my legacy is that this pandemic has pushed me to look at life a different way dig deep into my own skills and obviously I started my podcast which I'm hoping to to share awareness and share stories of people like yourself you know who are role models to us and and role models for the generation coming behind us yeah and I always you know struggle to find good role models when you go on social media and Facebook and Instagram and and all of these platforms there is a serious lack of role models yeah. that will help you with your mindset, your confidence, and will give you good skills for your life. And that's why I wanted to start highlighting and showing and celebrating people who do that and doing it every day and nobody, or they don't get enough credit in life. I, I think that's maybe something else that will come out of all of this is that we'll start realizing, you know, what's the point of me following this person who is, you know, is a, got everything in terms of fame funny f fame money fortune but are they really inspiring me to be inspired or is it just i'm following this person because i want to be like that person as opposed to being like you um you know and and I, yeah i mean you to me you're like that you know this why you're doing that is you want to be a, a light to other people so they can find light in what you're saying and then they, you know it sounds again a bit corny but it's like or crass or, or you know however you want to call it it's like let's light let's all light each other up it's more i want to be sort of a person for other whether ethnic minority people or women or or you know to see because it's hard to imagine yourself doing something when you can't see other people doing it it's like if i can't see myself doing it then i'm i'm you know i can't imagine it's like creating new role models that there's other women or young children and look look at us and go, okay, so these are just plain people, you know, they have their struggles and problems every day, but look at them doing all the good work. I can be like that. Yeah. I can do that. And and 
And I know I had this conversation even with um, Orla. She was on my second episode. She has a mixed race son. And she said that she's really struggling to find good, positive role models from, you know, the black community. Mm. Because it's all about Insta models. It's all about um, singers and football and all that. So, yeah, it's, it's time we highlight the NHS workers. You know, it's very interesting to see that the hero of 2020 is the NHS worker. And it's so good to see. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it, that to me is just puts a different spin on it. You know, the heroes are the ones who are doing heroic things in terms of protecting. And, and that's what the word hero means. It comes from the Greek heros, which is protector. And that's what the NHS can do. I think I was talking about, you know, clapping for the NHS is fantastic. You know, what, what a nice gesture, but we can do a lot more for them. We can take better care of ourselves and each other. That's the best way to protect the NHS, not clapping for them. Um, but ultimately that comes down to then, you know, people taking responsibility, responding with the ability that we have to, to build a better future, f- you know, not just for us, but for everybody. Absolutely. My question to you is what's your plans for 2020? Well, obviously they've massively changed. Uh, you know, my some of my work as a speaker has obviously changed, um, but it's definitely to be a shining light, being more of a shining light to people, being more of an example to people, uh, giving the best of myself, asking that question, you know, how can I be of service? As Martin Luther King said, the most important question we should be asking is what can we do for others? You know, and then on top of that, as Gandhi said, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do, but it's, it's, that's the role I've chosen to play. And that's why coming on here, you know, you were persistent with me. Um, and I thought, okay, then you deserve my time, you know? And I don't mean that to sound like, but I get asked to do a lot, but it's like some people, if you, how much do you really want me? What lengths are you prepared to go? What lengths? You know, so I just hope that I was going to reschedule as many times as I had to. Yeah, but that's you. You see, that's you in a nutshell, and that's one of your superpowers. And I, and I, and you know, I know everyone. You know, everyone loves films. The most popular kind of superhero films at the moment are these films where superheroes come together. You know, like the Hulk and Iron Man and Thor and Spider Man. The Avengers. The Avengers. It's like because no, we can take any, we can take anything on but only when we come together. Don't try and do this stuff on your own. And then, and that's another thing. I want to build communities of like-minded people who can work on growing, you know, because you have to you have to grow at growing. You have to put the time into it um, because we've become settlers. And if we settle, we don't grow. And I'll ultimately, I know we can settle, but I want to grow. I want to grow and grow and grow every single day as best as I can. So what can I do to help with with anything you're planning for 2020 um just you know what just keep doing what you're doing keep speaking to people keep getting this out there um keep spreading the word i mean people who are listening to this you know you can listen to my podcast which is just my name pete cohen the my it's called now we've changed it back it's the my 365 podcast with pete cohen um yeah but i would just say keep doing what you're doing because the world needs people just like you and what I, what I can do for you is when you bring this out, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of things I could do for you, but when you bring this out, I'll share it, you know, and let, let's get it out there. Thank you very much for your time. And I appreciate it. I appreciate um, you. Send my love to your mum. Will do. And thank you very much for coming on.
And happy beautiful day. Haven't said it today yet. <laughs> Thank you. Take care, Pete. All the best. Much love. Bye-bye.